Look with me at Romans, uh, the fourth chapter, and uh, we'll start a series here on Wednesday night, and uh, we'll take a look, a close look, at the Abraham kind of faith. The Abraham kind of faith. In uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, What shall we then say to Abraham? What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? And it goes on to talk about how that Abraham was justified, praise God, by faith. Amen. And uh, if you pick it up now in uh, verse 11, it says, And he receives the sign of circumcision. A seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. So Abraham is the father of our faith. Amen. And notice with me, it says, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk. In the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, who, which he had been yet uncircumcised. Now I want you to notice that phrase there, that we can walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. When we talk about the father of faith, immediately our minds go to some people that, you know, we have experienced and been uh, blessed to be able to feed on their teaching and on the things that they brought into the body of Christ throughout the years. Um, we think about those who have emphasized walking by faith and not by sight. We could think of uh, people like Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth E. Hagan or how about uh, uh, Martin Luther or even Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah. You ever read any books by Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth had the spirit of faith. Uh, but we've got to go way back, way, way back, beyond them. You see, Abraham is the father of faith to those who walk by faith, to those who overcome by faith. He is our father in the faith. Now, we know that our good, good father, amen, is the author of faith. And so when it says, have the God kind of faith, we understand that the God kind of faith comes from our good, good father. But now Abraham is our father in faith in this sense that we can see his life and we can model our lives after him and walk in those same steps that he walked in. And that's what we want to kind of kick around a little bit here uh, for a few weeks, talking about this kind of faith. How many of you remember the song, Father Abraham? You know, we could sing that tonight. Father Abraham had many sons. But this faith that's on the inside of you is the same faith of God that God gave to Abraham. And it operates in the same way. The principles of faith do not change. The principles of faith always operate the same way. And so we see here walking in the steps of faithful Abraham. And so when we talk about walking by faith and not by sight, it is a progression. There are several steps that we take 
on our path of faith or in our faith walk. How many of you know that you don't start out in faith where you end up in faith? Now, what happens is this, is it's God's plan for our lives. We start walking by faith, and as we are obedient to follow the path that he has for us, we learn to take these steps one at a time, and as we take those steps, each each step, if you will, develops your faith. Is anybody interested in developing their faith? Now, when we talk about faith, we're not talking about the Catholic faith or the Baptist faith or the Pentecostal faith. No, we're talking about the God kind of faith. The kind of faith that God put into your heart when you got born again. You have been dealt the measure of mountain-moving faith. Amen. And so we understand then that this faith that's on the inside of us can be developed and it can grow Or it can lie dormant in our lives. Understand this, that faith is an act. When you regulate your life by faith, there's going to be some action to your faith. There's going to be some steps that are going to be required of our commander-in-chief. And as we take those steps, the author and the finish of our faith is also developing our faith. So these steps are specific times. And situations where you have the golden opportunity to believe God. What a privilege it is to have the opportunity to believe Him. And if you do believe Him, and you overcome, and you receive, and you do, then those steps develop your, your faith, and it prepares you for your next step. How many of you know that God's always got more? He's always got a next step. He's always got a higher way. Our God is a God of increase. And he's got more for you in 2016. Oh, hallelujah. And so as you're successful to do that, by the grace of God, of course, it prepares you for the steps that he has foreordained, really, from before the foundation of the earth. For you to take. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got some good things prepared for you. So we want to be prepared (laughs) for what he's prepared for us. And so then we need to make sure then that we're feeding our faith. That we're living by faith. We're talking by faith. How many of you know some days you got to rejoice by faith? Amen. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Not leaning up to that which is up here, but living out of your heart. Living by faith, walking by faith, rejoicing by faith, praising by faith. And sometimes loving one another by faith. That's part of it, isn't it, sweetheart? (laughs) Progression. Greater and greater. More and more. Say it with me, faith is a walk. And as we take these steps, it takes us to a larger place and even a greater place. That's where God's taken us, is into greater places. He wouldn't take us into lesser places. He's not the less kind of God. He's a great kind of God. 
Look at Isaiah chapter 51, if you would. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. We'll take some time to uh, look at this uh, a little bit closer tonight. Isaiah 51, uh, verse 1, says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, that's us, look now unto the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Interesting. Let me read that first verse from the NIV version. You could pull that up there. It says basically the same thing. But it says, now listen to me. You who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Verse 2 says, look to Abraham. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one And I blessed him and made him what? And made him many. If ye be Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And you are an heir according to the promise. Now what what does verse 1 mean? Let's look at that again. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and seek the Lord. And look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. What this is saying is this is that you and I were cut from the same rock as Abraham and Sarah were cut from. In other words, you and I are a chip off the old block. Our good, good father is saying, don't magnify or look to your circumstances, but rather look to Abraham and look to Sarah. Look how they did it, and you do it like they did it, and you will have what they had. Amen. Though Abraham started with absolutely nothing, God says, I blessed him and I made him many. And so our father expects us then to live the same life of faith so that we can expect the same results that he had. We are cut out of the same faith vein. We went to look at um, some, uh, what do they call that you put in your kitchen when you redo it? Oh, granite. granite. We went to look at granite, and we ended up getting quartz rather than granite. Uh, but one of the reasons why we didn't get granite is because we really liked one piece, but it wasn't big enough. Okay? And uh, so they, uh, they don't want to put a mixture of granite in there because it's not cut from the same cloth, if you will. Well, we don't have to worry about that in faith. We're cut from the same cloth as he was. Amen? This is who you are. This is who I am. This is what we're all about. Living outside of the realm of faith is contrary to our spiritual DNA. Fear is contrary to your spiritual DNA. Worry is contrary to your spiritual DNA. 
How many of you know that just hearing about faith will never, ever develop your faith? Now, that's how you, you feed your faith. And faith comes by, come on, quote it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But your faith is not developed by hearing alone. It is acting on what you hear, which is actually exercising your faith to where you actually live by it. You breathe by it. Amen. Oh, don't back down from the opportunity to develop your faith this year. Don't back down just because of mountains out there standing in your way. Don't back down because some doctor told you that you can't live. Don't back down. Look at it as another opportunity for you to trust your faithful father. And for him to watch over his word to perform it on your behalf. I'm telling you tonight that the eyes of your good, good father are going throughout the whole earth. And he's just looking for someone just like you and just like me to show himself strong on behalf. Say it with me, look no further. So I want us, if you would then, to go back to the rock. Go back to the rock from whence we were cut from. He says in Isaiah, go back to the hole of the pit. That doesn't sound really too good, but what these are, these are mining terms. The rock you were hewn from. He's talking about the shaft or the vein that you were cut from. Amen? Cut out of the same cloth. See, tonight we are diamond. We're gold. We're precious stones. And we're cut out of the same vein that Abraham came out of. I don't know about you, but that just makes me want to run around the building a couple times. Thank you, Lord. You know why? Because Abraham got some awesome results. But he, our father is no respecter of persons. So I want us to, here at Heart of the Bay, I want us to see real faith. I want us to see genuine faith like we've never, ever seen it before. I want us to go back to the hard rock core Abraham kind of faith. Amen. Who's going to go with me? Look with me at 2 Corinthians, uh, the fourth chapter, and notice with me in verse 13. I'm of the seed of Abraham. And his blessing, whatever on me. Amen. Dave Ingalls song. I'm Ronnie's tracking with me. <laughs> Ronnie knows that song. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. He's anointed tonight, even though he's got a cowboy shirt on. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Talking about the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Now let's read this one together. We having... The same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore what we speak. So, like Gloria Copeland says, in order for faith to be operative, it must be found in two places. In your heart, 
and in your mouth. Amen. But I want to center in on this first phrase in this verse. We have him. Not trying to get it. But we have the same spirit of faith. And as we taught in yesteryear and in yester decades, the spirit of faith really is the spirit of victory. Say that with me. The spirit of faith, it is the spirit, it's the spirit of victory. We have the same spirit of faith David had when he took down Goliath. We have the same spirit of faith the children of Israel had when they walked around Jericho walls seven times and shouted with a great shout. We have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had and the same spirit of faith that Abraham had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm of the seed of Abraham. I've got the same kind of faith as he had. So, what is it about Abraham's faith? Abraham's faith is legendary. He will always, forever, be known for his faith. He is held up in the Word of God as an example. Now, let's ask ourselves this question. Where then did Abraham learn it? There were no churches. There were no books. You could not go to a seminar. Abraham didn't have that. Where did he learn it? He got it right from his father. This is how he learned it. He is forever known for his faith. But there's something else that Abraham was known for. He was also known for his faithfulness. And he will forever be known as the friend of God. Whoo, glory to God. You know, some people kind of knock that song, I am a friend of God, I'm a friend of God. But I don't knock it, I embrace it. I'm a friend of God. Any friends of God we got here tonight? Oh, thank you, Lord. So faith means this, that Abraham trusted God. And faithful means that God trusted him. Say that one more time. Faith means that he trusted God, but faithful means that God trusted him. Listen to this phrase. This is worth your drive in tonight. A trusting person is also a trustworthy person. A trusting person is also a trustworthy person. Sometimes we have to look in the mirror and examine ourselves and say, Am I faithful? Have I been faithful? Could I be more faithful? And really, no one can answer those questions but you. Amen? And it's not something to condemn yourself with but it's something you could challenge yourself with. I know for sure I could be more faithful. I'm sure that there might be one or two else here tonight. Just possibly, maybe, I I don't know. Look at Nehemiah chapter 9. 
Nehemiah chapter 9, look at verse 7 and 8. I have the spirit of faith. Thank you, Lord. I'm of the seed of Abraham, and his blessing rests on me. I'm of the seed of Abraham. I'm not moved by what I see. Jesus was made a surety, and that's what I believe. He's the seed of Abraham. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Ronnie. That's a good song right there. Amen. Wow, that's right. Praise the Lord. The book of Nehemiah, and uh, let's look at chapter 9, verse 7 through 8. This is Bible study tonight, right? So nobody's in a huge hurry. Nehemiah chapter 9, notice verse 7 and 8. Thou art the Lord, thou art the Lord the God who didst choose Abram, and you brought him forth out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and gave him the name of Abraham, which means father of many nations. And you found his heart faithful before you, and you made a covenant with him. To give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites. To give it, I say to his seed, and hast performed thy words, for thou art righteous. So the father looked at Abraham and he said, I can trust him. He trusts me. But he's also trustworthy. Oh, and that's a big key to, to flowing in faith and to flowing in the good things that God's got for you. Look at Genesis 18. Here's an here's a example of how that the father could trust Abraham. How many of you know that in life and on our path of life, there's going to be some tests of our faith. God wants to see what we're made of. He wants to see that we're going to stick it out. You know, there's one thing about faith. Faith steps out. But when you operate in endurance, you also stick it out. Faith steps out. But when you're operating in endurance, it also sticks it out. And that's where faithfulness comes in. That's where faithfulness comes in. A faithful person does not quit when things get difficult. A faithful person does not throw in the towel just because they have been tested. Sometimes we know that the enemy brings temptations, right? We know that in James chapter 1. But sometimes our Father tests us. 
When our Father tests us, it's not a solicitation for us to yield to evil, but it is a solicitation for us to obey Him. The test of faith, the test of faithfulness is will we obey Him? And if we will obey Him and do it willingly, then you and I are going to eat the good of the land. Amen? Amen? Now, here's a, an exa- another example of this in Genesis 18, verse 19. Well, verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That's you and I. For I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Was it important for Abraham to be a good earthly father? Was his heavenly father watching that? Well, it's the same with us. How we conduct ourselves toward our family members. How we live our lives before our children, before our grandchildren, does not go unnoticed by our Heavenly Father. Amen? Just some food for thought. So, we see here that he was trustworthy and he was reliable. And God honored that. How many of you know that faith, this spiritual power that's on the inside of you, how many of you know that it's precious? But it is also very rare to God. What God has placed on the inside of you is more precious than any amount of gold you'll ever see on Gold Rush. It is more precious than the finest jewels and the finest diamonds that could come out of the ground. Faith is precious to him. It was so precious to Jesus that he recognized it and acknowledged it and pointed it out. He really did. Let's take a look over there at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew the uh, chapter 8, excuse me. I'm catching my stride. Catching my stride in the new year. Anybody? Found your stride yet? Takes a little time, doesn't it? Amen. We're catching our stride. Matthew chapter 8. Um, and notice with me in uh, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. And what? My servant shall be healed. Because I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. 
Having soldiers under me, I, I, I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. <laughs> oh, wow. He marveled. Speak the word only. What happens when a man or a woman out of their heart speaks the word of God only? I'll tell you what happens. Angels, hallelujah, go into motion. I'll tell you what happens. The Father watches over the Word of God to perform it. Speak the Word only. You don't need to come to my house. I understand authority. When you understand that you've been authorized as a believer with faith-filled words in your heart and in your mouth, you will see Him do some awesome things in your life. Amen. He marveled at it. Glory to God. It pleases God. Hallelujah. I'm a man under authority. And verse 10 says, When he heard it, he marveled and said unto him, Them that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so what? What kind of faith? Great faith. faith. No, not in Israel. Wow. I'm going to say wow backwards. Wow. You do a study on faith sometime. That is quite a statement right there. There's little faith. There's shipwreck faith. There's different types of faith. But oh, this man had great faith. And I believe this, that we do too. Now, faith labels... And faith talk is common, but real faith is very rare. Where did he learn it? Where did he get it from? How did he know that he could please God? He learned it from himself, the good, good father. Now, let's take it a step further. Y'all ready? Let's go back to the beginning and let's look at the initial step or steps that Abraham took. Genesis, look with me at chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Thank you, Lord. Now the Lord said unto Abram, verse 1, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, thy family, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will what? He didn't show him up front. He told him to get out, number one. And then, when you do get out, then I will show you. You know, he operates like that a lot. You may be doing something right now out of obedience that you have no idea what's about to unfold for you in your future. 
I mean, just being faithful to the word and faithful to prayer and faithful to tithe and faithful to church attendance and faithful to serve. That's a backdrop for promotion in the kingdom of God. Now, we love our families. In the natural realm, I'll be honest with you, I'd rather have John and Lindy and Olivia and Lucy and James and Esther and Eden. I call her Eden from Sweden. I'd rather have them right across the street so that when it was time to go to school, Papa could take them to school in his SUV. And when it was time to take them home, Papa could get them some chicken nuggets and some French fries. Right? That's what Mom did for James and Chris Chin, his best friend growing up. She would pick those kids up at Fremont Christian and every time they'd head to McDonald's. French fries and chicken McNuggets. No, we love our families. You know, when John told us that, you know, he was going to be going to Southern California, I almost said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it can be difficult. But, Brenda, I have learned in our lives that we cannot and we must not hold on too tightly. Because my kids, our children, our sons, they belong to the Lord. Amen? I'm kind of hoping for the boomerang. I don't know, and Brenda could only speak for herself on this, but way back in, in 1982, um, when we left Minnesota, I know Brenda was thrilled to leave Minnesota. <laughs> You know, the winters back there are extremely difficult. I can remember we were married in 77, and, and then we went to Minnesota from 78 to 1982, and we had a home on a lake that a gentleman, a chiropractor, was so gracious to, to let us utilize. We didn't have any furniture. We had nothing, really, but we had faith. We had God. And he came through. So we're staying out at this lake in this beautiful lake home. Just fully equipped, fully, you know, food in the pantry, beautiful furniture. And then winter came. <laughs> and no kidding, the snowbanks one year were at least this high. And so I don't think that that was a easy season for Brenda, but she never, ever complained. She left her family in Oklahoma, and her family in Oklahoma is much different than my family in Minnesota. <laughs> of all of my family now, I have one left, my oldest brother Dan, who lives down in Phoenix, but when you talk about the Edwards clan, you're talking about some of the happiest people on earth and some of the loveliest, friendliest, best cooks in the entire United States. 
very connected. But she never complained once when I took her to the North Pole. (laughs) And by God's grace, we did what we did. We did it by trust. And we just put our whole life in his hands. And when you do that, don't you know he's capable? He's very capable to take care of you, to take care of your family, just to to do for you what you could never do for yourself. I'm telling you, when his super comes on your natural, it's awesome. And I know you found that out to be true in your life. But we love our families. And people weren't any different back then than they were today. You know, um, and so Abraham is basically got this command, this whatever you want to call it, by his father. Leave your family. Leave everything familiar. Take a step. And it won't be until you take that step that I will show you. How many of you can testify tonight that the Lord has given you a step to take and you really didn't know what the next step was, but once you took it, he showed you it? That's the kind of father we have. So... Go from your father's house unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and thou, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be what? And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse you, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. In verse 4, read it with me. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Wow. He departed. Now listen to this very carefully. Faith starts with God saying something to you. Faith starts with God saying something to you either in this book or by the Holy Spirit. That's where it starts. And he departed. He did what the Lord had spoken to him. How many of you know that faith can be hard in your flesh? You know he had emotions to deal with. You know he didn't want to leave his family. Even in that day, it was dangerous to be on the road alone. So what is the acid test of faith? And I'll tell you what it is. The acid test is this. Will you do what he asks you to do? Will you be obedient? Hallelujah. And here's what faith does. Faith doesn't sour and get sad and get bummed out Because the Lord has instructed you to do something. But faith gets excited. 
You want to try that one more time? <laughs> try that one more time. Una mas. Faith gets excited. Get excited, guys. It's a new year. Find your stride. Lose that weight. Go to the gym. Do what you got to do. But for heaven's sake, do it. Hallelujah. A couple guys were sitting at healing school years ago, and Brother Hagan was preaching, and these guys had just come from the Monterey Mexican restaurant across the street, and their eyes were real heavy, and they were falling asleep. Brother Hagan walked up to him, kicked one of them, and said, Get excited, boys! When you get excited, that's when the Word works. He says, Because when you get excited, that's when the Word of God will work for you. Look at your neighbor and say, Get excited! When you're excited, you won't look at giving up. You won't look at what you're giving up. You will look at what you're going to. Real Bible faith is full of joy and it is happy. Real Bible faith doesn't look back and hold on to the past and talking too much about the past. You do that, you'll miss the things he has for you in your future. Do you trust him enough? Will you do this year what he asks you to do? Will you not be afraid to step out? People that don't step out freeze. And they say, I just know there's more. I just know there's more. How come this isn't happening for me? Because you haven't taken the step yet that he told you to take back there. Lillian B. Yeoman said this. She said, God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. God had a plan. God's got a plan. But before this plan could be fulfilled, he had to take Abraham out of that environment and bring him into something new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't be surprised if your comfort zone gets blown out of the water this year. Don't be surprised. Abraham took each step God asked him to. Each step required faith. Here's closing statements. I'm going to read it just like it is in my notes. Faith isn't simply what you believe, but when what you believe governs your life and your choices and your decisions. Say that one more time. Faith isn't simply what you believe, but when what you believe, it governs your life, your choices, and your decisions. I believe we're going into a great season here at the church. And so we've got this first quality that we looked at tonight. If you would stick with me for a few weeks, I think we're going to learn some more about the faith of Abraham. And we're going to grow by leaps and bounds. Stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. So I challenge you tonight, and I'm challenging myself, to be a doer of the Word of God.